This is a time, uh, it's a double celebration because tonight begins not only uh, Rosh Hashanah, but also Rosh Chodesh. Uh, Rosh Chodesh is the monthly celebration of the Lord. Obviously, Rosh uh, Hashanah is once a year, and, uh, but they happen, obviously, on the same evening or the same day. God has called us to remember what he's done and called us to focus on him as a community. We come together as a community to worship God. And I was just so excited about all the kids who were dancing in this last song uh, and, and just seeking to worship God. And um, that, I am, very little excites me more than that. And all the kids who got up to blow the shofar, uh, this was encouraging. And this, this is what community needs to be about. That not only is it for us, but we need to uh, hand this down from our, uh, to our children and to their children. And so it's so important as to what we're doing here this evening. And we've come, I can tell, with anticipation and, and just expecting God to do mighty things. You know, this season of the year has three main festivals uh, or Moedim or appointed times. The first is Rosh Hashanah, which means the head of the year, and it's on the first day of the seventh month. And you might say, well, why isn't it uh, on the first day of the first month? Because that's when, uh, that's near when Passover is scripturally. We see that in, in the book of Exodus. Um, and yet, uh, the rabbis made this the first because they thought that this was the day of the making of Adam uh, in the garden, and so this would be the birthday of man, so it would be like a beginning, and they, they said, look, we have three holy days in, these, in the next four to five weeks, and so we're going to make this the beginning of the year. And that's pretty much what they did. Uh, you can see a lot of the writings in the Talmud. But the Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, I always think of as a wake-up call. It's uh, God calling his people through the shofar. And Yom Kippur is that final opportunity for the nation of Israel and the world to receive atonement. And Sukkot is the gathering of the believers to tabernacle with the Lord. So Rosh Hashanah has many names. As you heard, Ron, when he received the offering, he gave you a number of greetings. And also, there are a lot of names to this uh, holy day. Uh, there's obviously Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing. But then there's also Yom HaZikaron, the day of remembrance. God will remember us in the book of life. And Yom HaDin, day of judgment. And Chag Sameach, joyous festival. So these are different things, that, uh, different words that, that uh, this holy day is known for. And there are these 10 days starting tonight and going through Yom Kippur, 10 days, they're called the Days of Awe, Yamim Noraim. And in those days, we are to repent before God. This is a serious introspection and serious repenting even before Yom 
Kippur. And um, so there are five themes of Rosh Hashanah that I think of. One is Malchiot, kingship, God's our king. Uh, blowing of the shofar, Yom Teruah, bl believing God for a sweet new year, recognizing our sin and repenting, and the book of life. Our names are written or to be written in the book of life. I'll go over some of these just briefly and a couple others a little more in depth. The kingship is all about our trust. We, we need to trust that God is king over our lives. He's king over our circumstances. He's king over our family. He's king over our friends. And the thing is, if he is king over all these things, we've got to worry less and fear less. So we have to understand that trusting God is not just accepting Yeshua into your life, but trusting him with your life so that he can take away the garbage that, that this world gives us. So we are his loyal servants. We are to serve through our actions and our deeds, serve through our speech, serve through denying ourselves and worship him with all our heart, soul, and mind. And, and that was so beautiful this evening as we, especially that last song, I just felt people all were worshiping the Lord. And it, it just, it, it certainly reminds me of uh, Psalm 133 where it says, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together to, uh, to worship the, uh, the Lord. And, and, and so what a wonderful, wonderful time. And so the second theme of, of this day is we worship, uh, is blowing the trumpet or blowing the shofar. And we do that to, uh, we see in scripture it was meant as a warning, it was meant to gather people to worship. It was even mentioned to uh, go to war and to be the leaders uh, of the army in the war to proclaim a holy assembly before God, to call people to repentance, call people to prayer, to awake from slumber, to make a covenant with God, and to proclaim liberty. And when I think of the kingship of, of God, and I think of blowing the shofar, I think of Psalm 98.6. It says, with trumpets and sound of the shofar blast, a sound before the king Adonai. A third concept is to believe God for a sweet new year. And we've already talked about Nehemiah uh, 8. So we know that the joy of the Lord or the joy of Adonai is our strength comes from the holy day of Rosh Hashanah in Nehemiah 8. And I, I think that's great. And obviously, we sang the song, uh, the children sang the song, Apples and Honey, enough time so you got the idea. Apples and honey for Rosh Hashanah, yes. In fact, we probably could all sing it now, right? Number four, we recognize our sin and we repent. Tonight begins, as I said, the ten days of awe. So there are three things that the rabbis said we should do. Now, these are traditional things, but they're also biblical, even though they're not God's command for this particular holy day. Number one, teshuvah, repentance. And number two, prayer. And number three, charity. In fact, these three things are what 
generally most Jewish people feel will atone for your sin. Because after the temple was destroyed, um, there was no way to sacrifice. And so they said, how are we going to have our sins atoned for? And they said, through repentance, through prayer, and through charity. Now, there's a fun story I'd like to, just real short. This is uh, uh, in the Talmud, and it's a rabbi's, which is the rabbi's commentary. And so Rabbi Hanana Bar Yitzchak recounts a legend of a meeting between Adam and Cain. And Adam said to Cain, what happened regarding your punishment? Cain replied, I repented, and it was mitigated. When Adam heard this, he banged his head and said, so great is the power of repentance, and I did not know about it? Okay. So what can I say? Even when I read them, it's not that great. Acts... Acts 3, 19 and 20 says almost the same thing. Repent, therefore, and return so your sins might be blotted out, so times of relief might come from the presence of Adonai, and he might send Yeshua the Messiah appointed for you. So in these 10 days of intro, introspection, God shows you your sins, and you repent. And certainly prayer we've talked about plenty over the past few weeks, but uh, I just want to remind you of Luke 18.1 because we need to be reminded of this scripture every day. Yeshua told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not be discouraged. We are not to be discouraged regardless of what we see is the situation God has got this, and we need to trust him. So, finally, charity. Now, uh, charity comes in different ways. You can be charitable in your speech. You can be charitable in your action. Uh, oftentimes, when we think of charity, we think of money. And I would just mention to you, and we didn't mention this at the time we received the offering, but if anybody would like to give to uh, either New Orleans or to Haiti or Afghanistan, and you want to write a check uh, or put it in one of our cash envelopes and put it in our tzedakah boxes, by the way, tzedakah means charity or righteousness. So those are the two boxes in the back. And just make sure you say where you want it to go. Uh, I, I feel in the next week we really need to collect money for these three uh, places. New Orleans has just been gutted. Uh, and, and that whole Louisiana area, it's, it's just awful. I mean, really, there are plenty of places all throughout the country. I mean, New Jersey and, and New York, it's, it's just awful what's happened. But I believe we're to be charitable. And what, if God gives us a little extra, then our job is to give that extra to others. So tomorrow, after the service, we have Tashlik, which is where we take our breadcrumbs and go to the area on Bayshore, and we throw them into the water, representing our sins. And this tradition is taken from uh, Micah 7:19. It says, "He will have compassion on us 
and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Okay, so I'm going to take a chance here for about one minute. So, uh, Chris, if you turn on the lights, and in your announcements, you received an insert. On one side of the insert, if you look at it, you will see Tashlich. And this is my attempt at humor every year, um, where I tell you the different types of bread for the different types of sin. So that's the humorous part. That's the fun part. Turn the sheet over. It's not so fun. Uh, because what that is, is a way for you to examine yourself. And they don't have it? If you don't have that sheet, just raise your hand. And Donna will, and Amy will help uh, put them out. Thank you. And even, just raise your hand if you don't have the sheet over here, I believe. Okay, so I'm not going to go over this very much, but I want to point it out to you, because you know what? It is very rare that people actually think about what their sins are in these 10 days. They think about sin when they're in the synagogue and somebody mentions the word sin. So what I'm trying to get you to do is say, okay, here is a short list. And actually, I was thinking of some people in particular here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I would ask you to use this this week. And, and there's space for more things that I didn't think of. Please do so. You can turn the lights back down because otherwise they'll read while I'm talking. Can't have that. I know, now they're all taking out their phones. <laughs> okay, the last characteristic of, or the five, of, is the book of life. Now, this is a very interesting thing because there's a lot of tradition connected to the book of life. And yet, it's also very scriptural. So you have to kind of separate out tradition from scripture so you know what's God's part and what's man's part. So let me read to you from the Talmud uh, about the book of life. Uh, three books are open in heaven on Rosh Hashanah. One for the completely wicked, one for the completely righteous, and one for those in between. The completely righteous are immediately inscribed in the book of life. The completely wicked are immediately inscribed in the book of death. The fate of those in between is suspended until Yom Kippur. If they do well, they are inscribed in the book of life, if not in the book of death. So, that's commentary, that's from the Talmud. Um, though that's a tradition, certainly Scripture speaks about a lot of that. Uh, however, if, if being in the book of life was determined by goodness, then how, how much goodness would be good enough? Psalm 69, 28, 29 says, Add guilt to their guilt. May they not come into your righteousness. May be, they be wiped out of the book of life and not be recorded with the righteous. 
In Daniel's vision, in Daniel 7.10, he says, the court was seated and the books were open. And so this is how we get the idea that there is more than one book. So you see, part of what they said is definitely scripture, and then part is not. Uh, in Exodus 32:33, Adonai said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. And then we know that in Ecclesiastes 7.20, it says there's not a righteous person on earth who does what is good and doesn't sin. So that's why we need atonement. If anybody had a question as to why we need atonement, I've just explained it. And so who, who gives us that atonement? Obviously, Isaiah 53 is a good place to turn. Verses 4 to 6, surely he is born our griefs. And, and the question I always ask, as you know, is who is he? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, struck by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement for our shalom was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. We are like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. So Adonai has laid on him the iniquity of, his, of us all. And in Isaiah 53, 11 and 12, the righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion with the great and he will divide the spoil with the mighty because he poured out his soul to death and was counted with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. So who is this? Yeshua says in John 5, 24, Amen, I tell you, whoever hears my word and trusts the one who has sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but he has passed over from death to life. Hebrews 31, 31 says, it's a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So on Rosh Hashanah, will the shofar be blown to warn you that you are not right with the Lord? Or will it be blown to assemble you and others to come into his presence? The time to be ready is now. Rosh Hashanah is a reminder of our need to be ready. This could be your new beginning. You wouldn't be push pushing people into pools and knocking them over like the first video. If you remember. We have no idea when that last shofar will be called. So be right with God tonight. Let's pray. First of all, let's... Pray, Father, for the season in our lives that not only will this... Well, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you and praise you and worship you, Lord. I'm asking, Lord, that each person will have a new beginning. That if this past year was difficult because of sorrows and griefs and other problems, I pray that this will be a new beginning. That this year will be an amazing year. That your spirit will come into ours with, with such strength 
that we will be renewed, we will be refreshed, we will be excited about your power working in our lives. And so I ask in the name of Yeshua that you would pour out your spirit this night on us. I feel you already have to a great extent. And I'm asking, O oh Lord, that when we leave tonight, we won't just leave and say that was a nice service, but we will feel something different that God was really reaching into us and making us new, new, a new creation, one that is willing to sacrifice and surrender and follow you in all things. So Lord, I bless you and thank you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. And I also pray for those people who have never received Yeshua into their life or people who need to do this maybe a second time because the first time they've walked away. And so if that is you, whether you're here in person or you're on Facebook Live, I pray that you will pray this prayer and know that God has heard your voice and will answer your prayer by saying, Lord, I repent. I am sorry. I start this season of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. I start with repentance. I say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Father, I receive, I accept Yeshua as my Messiah for the atonement of my sin. And Lord, I dedicate the rest of my life to you, Lord, and that you will be number one, that there will be no idols that will get in my way. None of my historic baggage will get in my way. But all of that we push to the side in the name of Yeshua. And we just receive from him your power to live a transformed life i pray all of this in the name of yeshua and if you have said this then call our office and we'll be happy to talk to you happy to give you some books happy to help you with your walk with the lord amen and amen <laughs>